Hey guys, we are Bad Moms in Business. I'm Bridget Robertson. I'm Amanda Sharp. And I'm Danielle Monahan. How are you guys doing this week? I'm good. How are you? I'm really good because I'm just loving Bridget's sweater. She's so bright, so colorful. So if you go to church with me, you saw this on Sunday. (laughs) (laughs) But they won't really see it until Thursday. It's fine. Don't worry. I did wash it. It's clean. Um, But it just makes me so happy. And it's gray and nasty outside. So I need all the sunshine I can get. Listen, I I don't have a colorful wardrobe. This is about as colorful as it gets. And I am loving that sweater so much. Thank you. Thank you. It's so on brand for us. I feel like I have the perfect earrings to match it. Your cotton candy. Yes. Yes. Ones. Oh my gosh. I'm going to see if my friend can whip me up another pair. She's in Oklahoma. So let me work on that. Oh, if listen, because it happens. Oh my gosh. It will happen. It might not be the exact same shape, but girl, you're getting those earrings. I am so excited. And then I will wear this again on the podcast and they're going to say, we get it, Bridget. We get it. You like this. <laughs> it's going to be fantastic. And they're like, they're wooden ones. So even though they're big, they're super light. I, oh, I love didn't know they were a wooden earring. I love a wooded ear. Wooded. Girl, I can't wait. Oh, Chrissy, I'm ordering a pair. Yay. Fine. That is fun. I love it. Oh, gosh. I love supporting businesses. So Mm -hmm. this is great. I love it. Because we got our mugs, our awesome mugs from a business that we can support. I know. Me either today. Um, Mine's at home. That's okay. That's okay. Well, Mine's being washed, so (laughs) I use it a lot. I washed mine to bring back today. Mm. Didn't do it. Grace mamas, grace. We will give ourselves grace, which I think is a great way to segue into our topic this week, Mm, giving ourselves grace because this week we're talking about a very heavy topic Mm -hmm. and slightly taboo according to society sometimes, but infertility. Mm -hmm. And I'm excited to speak about this or hear you guys rather speak about it because I personally didn't necessarily struggle with infertility. And I'm not saying that to gloat or brag. It's just was not something that happened. Owen was just a beautiful surprise after five years of marriage. We were like, what? How did that happen? (laughs) And so to hear the other part of the story that's on the complete other spectrum of that scale, it's so important to me. So Thank you guys both for opening up about this because I know both of your journeys are a little bit different, but Mm -hmm. the heart strings attached to that journey are just, I'm sure the same. For sure. For sure. It's a tough topic. So, so the floor is yours ladies. And I will interrupt with any questions that I have because there probably will be many. Yes. Um, I guess I'll start. Yeah. So, um, this is something that a lot of people don't know. Um, I haven't really talked about it a whole lot, but I do think it is important to talk about because it's not something to be ashamed of or something that you should hide. Um, My husband and I, we struggled to get pregnant. Um, We didn't entirely know what was going on of why we weren't. 
Um, but we tried for about a year. Um, and then I went in to see the doctor and she was running some tests and trying to figure some stuff out and really decide if it was going to be like a me issue or a him issue, something like that. And, um, I went in for an ultrasound and they found some polyps on my cervix. And so she was like, okay, well, this is not a great sign. Um, these things can be cancerous and stuff. So we really are going to have to schedule surgery. Like I need you to stop trying to have a child right now. We got to put this on pause. Mm. Um, she originally put me on medication to help shrink the polyps down to see if that would eliminate them. Um, and so I was put on this medication, which for the life of me, I can't remember the name of it, but it doesn't matter anyways. I'm not a professional medical doctor or anything like that. So I'm not here to give advice about that. Um, but so I was put on this medication for three months and she said it was kind of like a combination of tricking your body into thinking that you're pregnant and kind of going through menopause at the same time. So she was like, you could have serious weight changes. Mm -hmm. She said you could gain a ton of weight. Um, you could lose a ton of weight. You can be very irritable, hormonal, mm -hmm. you name it, tired, exhausted, the whole nine. She was like, it's going to be a rough three months, you know, prep your support team about what's going on and kind of let them know. And so I just told, I think it was really just my mom and Brandon at that time that I told, and I was like, okay, I'm really gonna, you know, keep myself in check. I told them to keep me in check. Um, luckily I had some symptoms, but it wasn't anything drastic. So, you know, knock on wood that, that wasn't that bad. And then after the three months they checked again and some of the polyps had disappeared and then some of them still got bigger. So she was like, okay, surgery is now the only option. This long story short to say I had to have surgery when they got in there, they realized that both of my fallopian tubes were completely closed off. They were, they were clogged of some sort. She could not tell me how or why I do have, um, very, very slight endometriosis. And so she was kind of wondering if it was associated with that. And so they ended up having to do a little bit more of an invasive surgery than I was originally led on to. I thought it, we were just going to be doing like a little clean out of the polyps and stuff. And then, but they ended up having to unstick my fallopian tubes. And she even said, I think it was on my right one, because that's where I have like the biggest scar, that they were struggling very, very hard while they were in surgery. And once they finally popped through, she said the entire uh, surgical team kind of did a little happy dance because they didn't actually think that they were going to get it. And so she was really excited that they did it. And then um, after that, I still wasn't allowed to continue trying. We um, had to wait for the results back on the on the polyps and stuff. And they came back not with the greatest news. It wasn't the way that she phrased it was it's not cancerous. It's just one stage below that. So she said, we got everything, but you're going to have to be routinely mm -hmm. checked for this moving forward until we make sure that everything was fine and that nothing's going to come back. Um, she did, um, attack a little bit of the endometriosis while she was in there. I guess she could like burn parts of it off, but part of it was so close to, was it a fallopian tube? Something like that, that she couldn't, maybe it was part of my kidney. I wonder if it was my ureter, but she, she couldn't get too close to something, sure. um, to get that because she was afraid she was going to mess something else up. So she ended up not doing that. But, um, after we got the green light from, from that, we were able to start trying again and we got pregnant after I think three months, two months. So it's a little bit of an uphill battle, but, <laughs> but we got there. Well, and think like once your body could actually have a chance at pregnancy, mm -hmm. was able to do what it needed to do. And I loved that they had like that 
that like celebration because yeah. I think at that moment they knew what that meant for you. Yes. For you know, sure. that, that they were in the job of making that happen for you. Yes. And oh my gosh, to have that visual, like how fun. I know I was, it was, uh, it was a big, um, it was a scary thing to happen, especially not really telling anybody yeah. and um, kind of going through that. I mean, I can remember leaving the doctor's office. I went by myself because I was like, oh, I'm, you know, 20 something years old at the time. And I was like, oh, I'm going to be fine. And maybe I was 30. I honestly don't. Danielle fashion. <laughs> but I was like, oh, it'll be fine. So I went to the doctor's office, you know, to get the results by myself and stuff. And she told me like, hmm it's not the greatest news. Like we're going to have to keep an eye on it. And it was, yeah, it was a struggle, but we, um, oh, and then I was put on that same medication after the surgery as well for another three months to make sure nothing would regrow. And then I had to be checked again before I could actually start. That's what it was. So it was a, it was a very long process for me, but in comparison to a lot of other people, it was very smooth sailing. But fulfill your journey and your story yes. and yes, oh. it just, it, the, the day that we found out that we were pregnant was hands down the greatest day of my life. <laughs> it was you like a recording of that. I don't know mm -mm, because it was such like people didn't even know that we were trying. Yeah. Nobody knew anything. We were just yeah. keeping it to ourselves. So I just, oh my gosh, we didn't tell anybody for such, I mean, obviously <laughs> I told my mom, <laughs> it was ridiculous. So this is just side tangent of how I told my mom and Brandon <laughs> that I had taken the test because I had taken a test before um, the month prior and I got a positive. And I don't know if maybe it was really early and I lost the baby or if it was a false negative because apparently my um, pregnancy tests after all of this stuff going on had expired and I didn't know that. <laughs> so it's possible it was just false positive, but I got everybody all excited. I put it in like a little box for Brandon. Oh. I, I gave it to him like that, like it was this whole thing. And then I wasn't pregnant. <laughs> so, so for this round, when I actually found out that I was pregnant the month later, I, I literally went and took the test in the middle of the day, mind you, which you're supposed to take it like first thing in the morning, mm -hmm. especially when you're only like three and a half, four, four weeks pregnant. Like I, it was very, very early. And, um, I took the test in the middle of the day. I was like, there's no way it's going to be positive. And I saw immediately that second line show up and I walk out of the bathroom. I'm on the phone with my mom at the time <laughs> and Brandon's standing right there. And I was like, I just took another test and I think I'm pregnant. <laughs> like that's, that's how it happened. <laughs> Romantic. Yeah. It was ridiculous. So that's my story. Oh, Bridget. Hello. Uh, story? So, oh. Mine is different. Um, a little bit. So I have always had super, super irregular periods. Like, you know, some people are like clockwork and they can time them and they know the exact day and hour in which it will come. Mm -hmm. Never, never, ever. It would be every two months, every three months, every week. It just, there was wow. no rhyme or reason. And so from a fairly young age, I kind of had the thought that maybe pregnancy mm. would not be easy for me. Mm. Um, Chris and I got married and immediately just went off birth control and thought if it happens, it happens. I don't know that I was quite ready, <laughs> but um, Chris was, and I thought, again, like it's probably not going to be super fast. So mm -hmm. let's just try this. And, um, it was not super fast. 
And for those of you that maybe haven't struggled with infertility, you don't know this, but you have to wait an entire year from trying to get pregnant and, and and being unsuccessful at Mm -hmm. it before you can go and see a specialist. That feel like eternity. um, It's torture. Mm -hmm. And especially when you know that it's just not going to happen. Mm -hmm. Right. Like my body is not going to do this by itself and you're going to make me wait a year. Okay. Um, I have PCOS, which is polycystic ovarian syndrome that comes with lots of cool side effects, like trouble losing weight, (laughs) um, trouble getting pregnant, hair growing in places you don't want it to grow. Like it's, it's a real sexy disease. Um, (laughs) and there's so many people that have it. So I I know for a fact that someone listening totally understands. Um, so anyway, after a year, of trying and failing and trying and failing. Uh, we finally get to go see a doctor and he says, yep, you know, you have PCOS and they looked at my ovaries. They could tell from that. And, um, they started to put me on Clomid and Clomid, you can only take it up to a certain dose. So it was another full year of taking Clomid month after month, after month, after month, and getting negative pregnancy tests month after month after month after month. Um, and the last time they put me in Clomid, it was the, the highest dosage you can take. And we were going to be talking most likely next about IUI, um, which is not IVF. It, that's a whole different thing. And we're not going to get into that. I think yeah. we've talked about maybe having someone come on mm-hmm. uh, and talk about the specifics of this stuff. But um So anyway, um, last round, I got an HCG injection as well. And I will never forget, (laughs) we were supposed to be going up north with Chris's family for, um, I don't know if it was the 4th of July, what it was for, but we were supposed to be going up north. And they all knew that at this point that we had been trying for this long. And there was a schedule, right? Like when you Mm -hmm. are trying for a baby and you have all of these medical interventions, they say, okay, great. Now go home and have sex. Um, yep. Every Talk about sexy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Very clinical. Uh, yeah. Monday and Wednesday, uh, maybe twice a day on Wednesday, if you want, you know, whatever, I'm just making it up, but um, there's a schedule. And so this schedule was going to interfere with the weekend away that we were having. Of course. And I want to, I'm just going to say it here on this podcast. Chris's grandma was like, I don't know that I'm comfortable with you guys coming up North (laughs) because we were all going to be under one roof. And, um, listen, you guys want a baby or no, like this is sorry. (laughs) Um, so silly, but we did end up going up North and it, that is the weekend I happened to conceive Aaron. (laughs) Um, so oh it was the, <laughs> the very last try, um, with Clomid and up North making everybody uncomfortable, even though again, sex on a schedule is not like wild. Nobody, nobody heard a thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. This is my favorite conversation we've ever had to date <laughs> right here at this exact moment. Funny is I, it's fantastic and it's not awkward at all like I can't wait for people to hear this this is 
This is the reality Mm -hmm, of people's lives when they're trying to conceive with intention, right? So, oh my gosh, Bridget, that's a fantastic (laughs) story. Yeah. And then after, after getting pregnant, um, the weird thing about infertility and then getting pregnant is that you're very closely monitored. And so I knew at four weeks that I was pregnant, which is super early, super, super early. Um, and we did end up telling our family cause I thought, honestly, they all know that we've been mm-hmm. struggling this bow, whole chicka, bow, bow in. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Um, so even if God forbid we lose this pregnancy, mm-hmm. like they would know anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, that didn't end up happening. And again, mm. two years is a very long time, but it is a, a um, in the grand scheme of things, a very short amount of time. And we are very, very fortunate because so many people are not. Yes. But that two years had to feel like eternity. I will never forget uh, a friend of mine announcing on Facebook that she was pregnant. And I felt like someone stabbed me. I was just like gut punched. Um we had gotten married around the same time and I grew up with her and it's, it was heartbreaking. It was heartbreaking to go to the store and see pregnant women. It was heartbreaking to go to the OB for the 850th time to get my blood drawn and see pregnant women knowing that I was sitting there not pregnant. It was just awful. It's awful. And by no means did that mean that you weren't happy for that person, right? I mean, it just was, it hurt your personal heart. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. And Danielle, I think you'll agree. Um, I never wanted people to hide their happiness or their joy or their pregnancies from me. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I needed to be able to be a little selfish and, and grieve for myself. And I think you can hold space to grieve and to be joyful for someone that you love at the same time. Absolutely. I mean, I went through cases like that too, where my friends were ending up pregnant and I was so elated for them and so excited. And, but at the same time I would go home and cry, Mm -hmm. you know, like it's, it's a very contradicting feeling. And then you feel guilty for feeling upset but then you can't, you just, you just can't help it. It's such a natural thing. Of course, you're going to be sad about it. It's yeah. very hard. Now, Bridget, with your second child, though, <laughs> I say uh-huh. second child because he's quite the force to be reckoned with. <laughs> Mr. Yes. This is so true. Was there as hard because they're, they're not very far in age. So obviously that two year span didn't happen with him. How, how was conceiving? Your second child. (laughs) Oh, no. Well, um, I can distinctly remember telling my mom, sitting on my mom's couch crying, like, I don't know how people have two. This is so hard. I am so tired. Because Aaron was a terrible sleeper. Danielle, I I know you know. I know you can feel me. And Danielle, I have to say, your experience with sleep is even worse than mine. So, like, it's real bad. Um, I was exhausted. I was exhausted. And then um, TMI alert, if you don't want to hear this part, fast forward. Um, 
we for sure thought that it was not going to happen easily the second time. Mm. And to be quite honest, I wasn't sure. I knew that I wanted to, but I was not ready. Um, and then we went out for St. Patrick's Day. And then, um, very, a very short time after that, um, I was pregnant. So... <laughs> So the luck of the Irish was with yay. Oh yeah, that's right. Oh, I like it. Mm -hmm. And I'll never forget like, wow, finding out that I was pregnant. And the funniest part about it is when I got pregnant with Aaron, I was, I didn't know I was pregnant yet. Um, Or maybe, yeah, with Aaron, I did know. I'm sorry. With Aaron, I did know because we found out so early and I was so hormonal and just like, angry and snappy the first couple of weeks like you couldn't look at me without me just like and I was so annoyed with myself because this is like a joyful thing right I've tried for so long but my hormones would not allow me not to be nasty um (laughs) it's just the way it was so then with Jace you know we weren't trying didn't have intervention and I can remember being at work and somebody was like are you sure you're not pregnant? Cause you are nasty today. And I was like, whatever. Oh. I went yeah. home and took a test and I was pregnant. <laughs> so there's unfiltered Bridget when she's prego. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just like in a bad mood, oh, you know I mean? like just nobody look at me. Nobody talk to me. I feel like that all the time. I feel like that just about once a month. That's not true. That is mm. so funny. So that's encouraging, though, for a lot of our listeners, though, because if you struggle with your first, that does not indicate that you will also struggle with your second. So that is really encouraging. It doesn't mean that you won't, but I mean. But it also, to add to that, um, I know people who had no problem getting pregnant the first time and now suffer from secondary Mm -hmm. infertility. Great point. Great. So you just you just don't know. It's- no, it's such a personal thing. Everybody and everybody is so different. You just don't know. And that's one of the biggest frustrating things about this whole process is you can talk to a hundred different people and get literally a hundred different stories on how their process went. And it's, it's very frustrating. It's something we don't know if we're going to have a second kid or not, but we also don't know if we could, if we tried, sure. it's such a frustrating thing. Yeah. And I can remember being frustrated because I, Chris and I met when I was 16, like I was very young mm-hmm. and I have been on birth control for a very long time. Not for the reasons you would think, I mean, to help with my right. ridiculous periods, that whole thing. Yes. Um, but I can remember coming off of birth control and not getting pregnant for two years and thinking I wasted how much money on birth control. <laughs> So true. You were using it for other features. So, I mean, there was a benefit, but I think probably that's a common thought of a lot of women. Mm -hmm. I'm sure. I'm absolutely sure. It messes with your hormones. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it, it does a lot when people don't take it for anything other than birth control. It is money and it screws up your, I can't take birth control because Amanda turns into crazy lady. (sighs) I can't picture that at all. Right. Oh, ask Marcus. (laughs) He's like, I'll deal with 20 children. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. So like it was it's it's been decades since I've even attempted that pill form of a birth control Mm. because it makes me crazy. Well, and that's so funny because again, I um 
I know we talked about this when we were talking about um, our favorite things when you guys were talking about the salt cup. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have a marina specifically because I need my periods controlled. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that I can live without it because it came to the point where I asked my OB at 30, 30 years old for a hysterectomy because my periods are so awful and we don't have to get into all of that, but it's, it's bad. And so I begged him and he knew that we were done having children. And even at the age of 30, he considered doing that for me. Um, I had to go through some other stuff first. And then he said, I really want you to try an IUD first because a lot of women find that they just don't even have periods. And luckily that was my experience as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know that I can live without birth control, um, unless I have a hysterectomy, honestly. Well, it's because it's the quality of life, you know, to think that so many women we're, I mean, there's the three of us and we all have horror stories of it. Oh yeah. So most women must, you know, to have the quality of life that your life revolves around having your period is absolutely not how it was intended to be. Like it's mm-hmm. just not in for busy moms such as ourselves, we can't cater to our periods. Mm-hmm. Ain't nobody got time for that. No one has time for that. So I I I hear you, Bridget, when you're saying that that this could just be your long-term treatment until it's no longer needed. Mm-hmm. But thankfully, there's something that works for you. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm oh, super thankful that for That gives it. you that relief. Yeah, I'm thankful for it. And I'm thankful that it doesn't affect me emotionally. Um, mm. in, in that way, Very you know what true. I mean? Yeah. Don't have those kinds of side effects. It doesn't um, make Bridget be prego Bridget. Right. <laughs> this is just my natural disposition. Oh man. <laughs> that is so funny. So I guess I would ask both of you, what are some things that you would tell any of our listeners that are going through, you know, infertility on any level of the spectrum And whether they've told people, haven't told people, what are some of your, you know, tips and tricks and suggestions to help their hearts and maybe their chances of getting maybe pregnant? Um, I guess I would say, um, you know, just take your time, try to have fun with it as much as you can try to relax and take that pressure off yourself Mm -hmm. because at the end of the day, you can only control what you can control. And it's okay to have certain feelings about the whole process. It's okay to be sad. It's okay to be frustrated. It's okay to vent, but maybe even more importantly than that is to try to open up even just a little bit, find your, your, you know, you don't have to tell the entire world like we're doing right now, but you know, tell your, your core group of friends and family just to try to, you need that support system behind you. Yeah, I agree. One of the things I really loved and I don't even know if this exists anymore, but, um, when I was trying to get pregnant, I was on, so you know how they have the knot for weddings, the mm-hmm. knot.com. They have the bump for yes. pregnancy. Oh. Mm-hmm. Don't even know if it exists anymore, but it did, it did when I, when I was pregnant. Oh, okay. And there are so many boards on there. You can join, um, Uh, there's just a ton, but one of them is specifically or several of them, I'm sure specifically for people trying to conceive. Mm -hmm. And it's really nice to be amongst women who know Mm. what you're going through and you can learn so much from them. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it's also can be really heartbreaking because a lot of them have stories where they've tried, they've tried, they've tried, they've gotten pregnant, they've lost that pregnancy. Oh. Um, so I would, I would say enter into something like that with caution, maybe, but I found a lot of comfort there. I and, did too. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like Danielle said, I am such an open book that I, I couldn't stand people saying, so when are you going to have a baby? So the second somebody, what I would say, oh, oh, we're trying, but I am struggling with infertility um, because a, maybe that would stop them from asking somebody the next time. Yes. Um, and B, yep. I, I just was going to be honest about it because I, the next time I saw them, I didn't want to be asked the same question. I didn't have that kind of nerve. I well, wish that I'm I did. Jerk. I'm a jerk. Um, but I, <laughs> you are not. <laughs> And I feel like I did it in a, in a nice yeah. way, but so many times, I mean, when we, when we first got married, that was, you guys know, that's the first question people ask you. Yeah, uh, so did. when are you going to have a baby? When are you going to have a baby? Worse than that, me and my husband, this is an entirely different story that we don't need to get into, but me and my husband got married after being engaged for a month <laughs> and then got married in three days. Mm-hmm. So we decided to get married and got married three days later. Talk about people asking if you're pregnant. Everybody Ooh. and their brother oh, I didn't thought that we were that. pregnant. My family thought we were pregnant, everybody. And it had nothing to do with that. We had been together for <laughs> seven years prior to that. Like this, it was just a happenstance. We don't need to get into the whole story, but it had nothing to do with pregnancy. I'll tell you that. Yeah. One day we'll share that story. I have the yeah. perfect episode to share that story with. Um, could you bless our viewers and our VIP group on Facebook with the picture that is my favorite from your wedding? Of the squirrel? Oh, I wasn't even going to say that. But oh, yeah. okay. Whoops. <laughs> you guys get into our that. VIP group because this is the funniest picture that could not have been staged. Listen, mm-hmm. I don't know if everybody believes in like signs or, or <laughs> anything like that. But in that moment, when this picture took place, we were like, we were supposed to be exactly where we are standing right now. Yep. This was it. This is the universe telling us that we did something right on schedule. The pitcher will meet everyone's expectations of <laughs> fabulous when they see it. Um, but I do think your your point about not asking people when you're going to have a child is super important because what about even, and I don't know that our listeners be, are going to be here for this, but when I wasn't planning on having children, Correct. it was equally mm. as insulting I believe to it. me because then do I really want to say we don't want to have children because then the judgment, mm-hmm. right? How dare you? How dare you, you procreate? <laughs> what? And I, I know that oh. I have been guilty of it. I know that I'm, I, we're not perfect. Of no, course. No, no. Oh. But after my own experience, it's not a question I ask people. Yep. And even after having one child asking people, when's the when next, they're have- when's mm-hmm. the next one? I have two boys. People would constantly say, when are you going to try for a girl? When are you going to try for a girl? It's, it's none of absolutely none of your business. A, and I know people are so well-meaning, but you just don't know what's going on Mm -hmm. within my body and within my marriage and within our our family or externally right Right. now. And now that Owen's 14, people don't ask anymore. Sure. It's really nice because they assume maybe there was a problem or, you know, something's crazy. Yeah. Yes. Or they just know that you're crazy and they, that you can't do it with, with two. <laughs> yep. 
um, I had a point. What was it? Hmm. Um, it, it's also that, you know, it, my, my opinion on this is exactly what you guys have been saying, but if it doesn't affect your life, if I have a kid, you know, I can, you know, if my mom wants to ask or his mom, my, my husband's mom wants to ask something like that, I'm, I, I can let it roll off my back. But if it has nothing at all to do with your life, if you are never going to even yeah. meet this child, why do you care? Yeah. Why is it yeah. And I think it's just uh, people don't think about that. No. And most you got to cut them some slack. People, sure. people don't realize. But also, I think it's a good learning opportunity for everybody to just know that you don't know everybody's story. Absolutely. Yeah. From three different moms, yes. we're all saying the same thing. Please yeah. don't ask. <laughs> yes. And I have one more tip as Ooh, well about here. getting pregnant and things like that. It's educate yourself a little bit. Mm. There's a lot of tips and tricks and techniques and different mm. apps that help you out there with like the calculating, really sure. get to know your own body, really get to know your own cycle. You can pick up on little cues and little twinges mm. and stuff along the way. Really start to pay attention to that because a lot of that helps too. For yeah. sure. And yeah. I think when someone's regular that those mm -hmm. signs are maybe a little bit more yes. obvious where Bridget, it was just like winging it probably for uh, you there. It well, would be hard yeah. for you to know your symptoms. Yeah. And so there are things that you can do, even if you're irregular, they're a little more difficult. I never had success tracking this kind of stuff. I think mm -hmm. just because my body was that out of whack, but you can do your basal body temperature. Yep. Um, I did not do that, but I've heard. I tried. I tried. It, it was not. I wasn't consistent and it wasn't consistent. So I, I didn't ever really do that. Um, but check I did that. the ovulation strips. Yep. Ovulation strips. Same thing though. every single day. Yeah. Every single day. Yeah. Well, it probably, and I can't speak to this. It probably has to really bring the sexy out of being sexy. Right. Oh, bet. oh bet. yeah. It's very scheduled. Especially, what? Especially when, this is so gross. I'm so sorry, you guys, but I'm going to say it. <laughs> Do uh, it. Especially when, at least this was the advice given to me by our specialist. You know, when, once everything is done, you just have to lay there for a little while. There's no like getting up and going to get a snack or a drink or moving oh, yeah. on with your life. You have to lay there with like your feet up against the wall. There was yep, a hips in the air. episode about that. Hips Real. in the air. Mm -hmm. You put thing. a couple of pillows under there. You just got to recline for a little bit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I and there's that also was a, lot about, a, uh, a lot about mm. positioning. Mm -hmm. um, that's oh, yeah. important. Educate so, yourself, ladies. Yeah. Yeah. We're not going to do this for you because it's, it's a little not, it's, it's a little R-rated and we're. Yeah. This is a family show. That's it. That's it. Sure. <laughs> I don't know if it was today. <laughs> I know. But it, was a it was about making a family. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I just is an, a topic that see, we kind of just went into it. Like, is it too R rated? Is it this? Like now we're talking about it anyway. Yep. Yeah. I think it's important because just like there's a stigma around mental health and there's a yeah. stigma around so many different things. There is a, a stigma, I think within the, within ourselves that we mm -hmm. can't or shouldn't talk about our struggles. Um, maybe it makes us less of a woman. Maybe it yes. makes us oh. uh, less of a wife. Maybe it oh. makes us unworthy of a child. I mean, these are all things that go through your mind when you're struggling. 
And so I think the more people who have experienced to talk about it, the less alone other people will feel. I agree. You know, I, again, I can't speak to the feeling of how you guys have felt with infertility, but when you say feel less like a woman, I can only speak to, I remember when I had a C-section and how that absolutely killed me because I thought everyone in my family had natural children, blah, blah, blah. You know, and I just felt like such less of a woman woman that I couldn't actually have birthed my own child because that's what women are supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Didn't help that he was nine, eight people. Like he wasn't coming out. He wasn't coming out. So I, I feel Great that, boy. that, that feeling or yeah. that shame almost, and I'm over it now, but in the beginning, that was really, really hard. Mm-hmm. That's sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's how I felt about breastfeeding. I was just oh, about great to say point. that. Yeah. Oh, just I, about to say that. It's just, and I'm, I'm going to say this. I know this is not what we were talking about, but I'm sure that there are other moms out there who felt this or will feel it. It was, it did not feel natural to me. It did not mm. feel like a loving, beautiful experience. Hard. It hurt. Mm-hmm. It felt weird. It felt like I just hated everything about it. And I was stressed out and I was stressing out my babies and I didn't do it. I, I, uh, pumped for a little while just to get that initial couple weeks. And then we went to formula and there is nothing wrong with that. Nothing. Mm -mm. A fed baby is a happy baby. The end. Yeah. Well, and I love, again, the three of us are so different with this because Mm -hmm. I basically breastfed without an issue. Yeah. Very natural for me. You know, the beginning outside of that first few days, you know, where yeah. it's 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 just hard, but because you're tired and stuff. But after that, it was a piece of cake for me. But then for you, like you couldn't even get off the ground running with it, mm-hmm. right, Bridget? And mm-hmm. then Danielle, like I know you've really worked hard at it. There was Ooh. a science for you behind it. So yes. be encouraged by all of our different stories because everyone's so different with that too. Yep. Yeah. Oh, the yeah. pressure of that's a whole different story. Oh my goodness. But it all wraps around babies and it makes sense for this episode. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. So yeah. any last minute tips or thoughts about infertility or being a woman in general or periods and all that good stuff? I think just know that you're not alone if you're struggling and you're not alone if you if you didn't struggle, if it came supernaturally and you yep, don't yep. understand that that's okay too. Um, but if you are feeling it's so isolating. Mm. Um, and so if you are feeling that way, it's totally natural and don't beat yourself up over the emotions that come along with infertility. I love that. Mm. Yep. So good. Take it easy. Be easy on yourself. I Mm -hmm. love that. I love that. I think that's so big. And I guess this is the first time I've asked this, but if you, any of our listeners know of somebody who could be blessed by this message or encouraged Mm. with this message, please share it, you know, whether it's by video or through the podcast link, because we really, we talk about this stuff because we feel it's important to talk about it. We want Mm. people to be encouraged. We love to hear ourselves speak, but we don't have to (laughs) dive into these topics (laughs) in order to do that. So when we're being vulnerable, we are doing it with great intent that we want to help people get them, you know, um, encouraged, you know, so that's, if everyone could do that for us, that would be fantastic. Mm. I agree. Final, final thoughts, ladies, probably Bridget. What, what are we, what are you going to take? What's our B? This, the B what? 
Um, I think in this instance, be kind to yourself because there's so much doubt and struggle and self-loathing uh, that goes along with infertility. So just be kind to yourself and to your body and um, seek out help, seek out a support system. Like Danielle said, that's super important. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, just be kind to yourself. I love that. I love that. I think that's the perfect way to end this podcast. Okay. <laughs> well, we will see you all next week. Thank you so much for tuning in and be kind to yourself. Bye, Bye guys. Everyone.